You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. You're the world-famous detective, Hercule Poirot. Avenger of the Innocent. Is that what they call you in the papers? A passenger has died. He was murdered. The murderer is on the train with us now. And every one of you is a suspect. <laughs> so, let us catch a killer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Film Studies. I am Sean Taylor. With me today is Mean Mark. It's Mean Hercule. <laughs> mean Hercule. <laughs> uh, we saw Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, spoiler free. Mark, what'd you think? Uh, it was good. Um, I have like zero history with it other than I know it by reputation only. Uh, as a good mystery story, it's a classic Agatha Christie, and it's been done like a hundred times in other venues. And, uh, but yeah, I never actually read the novel, uh, never saw any of the iterations. In fact, I ac somehow managed to make it all this time, not knowing anything about the plot other than there's a murder on a train called the Orient Express. That's pretty much the plot. You're right. <laughs> yeah. No, but I didn't know who done it or anything like that. Right. So I went in squeaky clean somehow. I think I read the book years ago, but I forgot how it ended. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, this is Agatha Christie. It's a uh, big, huge cast. Let's see. I've, I've got huge this pulled cast. up here. Star-studded. So I obviously got the wrong one. Oh, no, I do. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Branagh as, Her as Hercule Perrault. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Daisy Ridley. Uh Johnny Depp, um, Dame Judi Dench, James Judi Dench. You've got um, uh, Penelope Cruz, Josh Gad, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, like it's. I, I didn't even know he was in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of saw his name on the poster, and then I was like, "What, Willem Dafoe? What?" <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really? Green Goblin's in this movie? Really? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it. I, I do want to bring him up because. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, but it, what a great cast, though. Um, and directed by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you can tell. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps that camera firmly pointed on him, which is. Good, because he's the main character and he's the one you want to be focusing on. Well, I uh, so I went uh, to this w with my sister, who's she's got the uh, uh, like she she goes to the comic book movies and stuff too. But she you know she likes stuff like this. I actually uh, oddly enough, I invited her to this. Normally she dra like she not doesn't drag me, but she invites me to the matinee for like uh, when I saw uh, Abdul and Victoria or whatever uh, right. a few weeks ago, that was that was her idea because her husband wouldn't go and he was working and she's off work. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, but I invite her. I'm like, I'll I'll invite her to a teetotaling, pinky in the air kind of movie. And uh, so she already knew everything, and she had a few things to say, by the way. So you're, we're going to be getting not just my opinion, but my sister's as well. She had a few things to say, especially about Kenneth Branagh, how apparently he is a bit narcissistic. Uh, slightly, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and when he's in a movie, boy oh boy, he, he he keeps that camera firmly. So I don't know if it was so much as a 
a film choice because he's the main character or a film choice because the main character is played by Kenneth Branagh self-directing Kenneth Branagh, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> maybe a little of uh, one allowing the other, you know what I mean? I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but granted he is the main character. We're following him through this mystery. So it, it I can't really fault the movie for that no, too, too no, much. No, definitely not. Definitely not. No, this one was pretty good. It's, um, it's long. Was this the only version you've ever seen? This is the only one I've ever seen. Okay. Um, couple of things. Um, it is, it's very quick with its character introductions. So you don't, mm-hmm. you, you don't get to know the cast, I think, as well as maybe it would have been better if you could. You know what I mean? Well, I, I kind of like the way it's, re- we get to know the characters a little bit, um, it is a little confusing when they start throwing names because you're having a hard time associating, yeah, one with the other. Like, uh, and a few of them you don't see for most of the movie, and then they just all of a sudden show up, right? So, like, we see them at the beginning, and then we forget about them. Um, but I, I do kind of like the way where we get to know them better during yeah. the investigation. So, why don't we get into spoiler territory so we can get more detailed about this kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so So basic story is there's a murder on the Orient Express and they have to solve the murder. Yeah. Now I didn't know even who was getting murdered when I No, I didn't either, to be very yeah, honest. I, I I completely uh, like I said, completely green on this. So I didn't even know it was I am looking at Johnny Depp going, Well, he can't be the killer. That's too easy. His his character's a little too swarthy and dirty and not physically dirty, but like he's into some shady business. Yeah. And then you got, you know, Daisy Ridley over here just being the, the innocent. I'm like, there's, you know, it can't be Johnny Depp. That's too obvious. Yeah. But turns out I was right. He can't be the murderer because he's the victim. Because <laughs> he's the victim. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like the opening of this movie, though. We get to see Poirot kind of in his glory. He solves the case. Of, that was neat. Uh, the missing so-and-so. So we get to see him operate first uh, as a you know, a detective and a successful one before we see him get into this, this murder that ends up kind of stumping him for through most of it. Right. Like it's a bit harder case to solve. Yeah. So I think it was good. I actually, uh, I got to, I did the lean over what, as soon as I knew it, um, with respect to this first mystery, they have the, a priest, a rabbi and a, I forget what the other a monk, I think, or something like that, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it feels like they should be walking into a bar, but then and then there's a constable, and then a religious artifact goes missing, and I just nudge my sister and go, "Constable did it." Yeah, I knew that right away too. That's a, yeah, that's an easy one to call. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, but um, but it was okay. You get it, and he has his deductive powers. He's basically Belgian Sherlock. Yeah, pretty much, uh, very much so. He's he's not OCD. Um, would you call it OCD? What Sherlock? No, no. Oh no! Uh, uh, no, no. I think he is. I think it, there's there's a like. Well, the way he describes it is that he sees how everything should be right, and that's why he knows when when something's wrong. Right. So, but the weird thing with his eggs not being the same size, and they have to cook them twice, like or go back and cook two more eggs or whatever, and he's measuring them. I blame the chicken. I blame the chicken. Yeah, at least he's being somewhat reasonable about it. He's not being like yeah. a complete. He's being a bit of a dick, but not a complete shithead. You know. Yeah, he's not being Sheldon about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not. Well, he's not like 
like, I mean, this is a period piece. He's not like slapping the young boy who's delivering the eggs because they're not the right the right size or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least he's not being that about it, and, and he plays it off for jokes. And, but like, he steps on the um, he steps in some kind of uh, manure, and he goes, "Oh, it's just the imbalance." And so he steps the other foot into the manure, so at least they're balanced. Yeah, you know. And whenever someone's ties crooked, he points it out and. He's yeah. So a stickler for detail, I guess you can call it kind of an. Like I a, guess yeah. Ye, ye old OCD. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> ye old OCD. Yeah. 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 Y o o c d. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that, that's it's a quirk, right? You get him. You give him kind of a tick, a quirk, kind of thing, and. Yeah. But it's also. And, and he's world famous. Like he's he's the world famous uh, Perot. Like this is. Uh, he's well known for his detective skills, which in the Agatha Christie novels, he was sort of the main detective that she used uh, over and over again. Yeah, and again, it's she she can't write Sherlock Holmes stories, so she makes a detective of her own. Right. Who's from uh, Belgium and whatever. So, uh, what do you think of this French accent he's he's pulling off? Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, it, it sounded very. Um, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, soap opera-ish? It's, it's kind of an exaggerated... It's an exaggerated... Um, it's definitely... I, I, I wouldn't suspect that he spent a lot of time around French people. But his French is very good. His like, French is very good. Um, I'm like sure... The, I, what, yeah, when he's actually speaking French, like like everything he's saying, like from what... You know, I, I have some comprehension of that language. And the, the trans... It wasn't like he said, uh, you know... The murderer is uh, is very cunning. You know, we read that in the subtitle, but what he's actually saying is, I need another loaf of bread or something. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not like that, right? Like, he's saying exactly what he's saying, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and well, very well. Like, his pronunciation is very good. But you're right. It's, yeah, it's a little it's, a little hammy, maybe? It's a little over the top. But then, but then again, a lot of the performances are over the top in this one. I thought Mich- uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's was a little over the top. That was very so- soap opera-ish. Yeah, um, Josh Gad uh, does pretty well in this movie, but again, it's a little soap opera-ish. Even Johnny Depp, the he, you know, trying to keep a low profile and be serious and stuff. I think even you can still do that over the top, and I think that's what he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. I guess that they're they're saying, well, we're redoing this classic piece. Like we could play it straight, or maybe we can have a little fun with it because uh, yeah. you know we're, we're all just Hollywood stars here, right? Like. We've got the, you know, we've got the seasoned veterans. We've got the new girl, you know. We got a couple of Russians stored in the back that we're not really going to talk about too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're all just having fun here, doing this this play essentially. Yeah. You know what it feels like? It feels like if they were actually doing like the dinner theater, you know, the. Uh, Very much so. Yeah. M- murderer, you know, it could be murder at like Bill's Steakhouse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and they hired some players. I mean, it's not that bad, but it kind of has that feel. When yeah, you... it, it does have a very live stage kind of feel. Um, yeah. So yeah, sort of between halfway between a movie and a kid's play. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know what? Um, what's that that old theater adage? And I, mean, I know you were a theater geek, but isn't, yeah. isn't like you got to play for the back of the room? Yeah, you the play back for of the, the back house? of the room. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're playing. They're not playing for the. They're playing for the back of the house, even though there yeah. is. You know, it's just a camera. You know? Yeah. 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 It's not over the. It's not over the over the top acting but it's acting you know what i mean like there's a yeah, bit of a difference there they're having fun with it yeah but i mean you could also look at it another way it's that all of these all these people have something to hide 
So is it just acting or is it just like these characters are also within the story acting because they all have secrets? Yeah. Johnny Depp's got a ton of, you know, stuff he's bringing in that he doesn't want no people uh, people to know about. And then, you know, all the all the characters have something to hide. So it, is it is that's what's going on? Is that why like these professionals are just being super acting? They're acting within acting, you know, like they're inception acting. <laughs> yeah. The only one that's actually rather, rather tame was was Judy Dench, and obviously that's that's understandable because that's how she is. Uh, you know? Well, again, seeing that Victorian Abdul, she was uh, uh, a bit more lively. So I think this character is just very subdued. That's what I mean. Like like the the character called to be subdued. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah, the way yeah. she played it. So right, and same with uh, um, Daisy Ridley, because. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's going from like big action set piece, you know, main character Ray to playing a demure governess. Yeah. So she has to ch- kind of change it up, but she gets she gets a little witty repartee in there. I thought. A little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I was I was really looking forward to this actually for that reason to see her kind of in a different light other than just Star Wars. Um, as much as I'm enjoying that, it's kind of cool to see how how you know because she's just breaking out into the scene, so this is kind of her first big movie outside of that. I think. I think so. Yeah. She might have had one other, but I mean, this is her like a really. I mean, she's in with Hollywood royalty practically, right? So, oh, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, Dame Judi Dench. <laughs> oh, she. Oh, she's in the movie. Oh, okay. I thought you meant she was in the caliber of. Oh no, no, but she's she's now surrounded by you know, so she's got to keep up, and uh, right. I think she. I think she did really well here. So. Yeah. No. I, no. Everyone does uh, really well. Um. I, I guess my big thing was, and I can't really blame the movie for it, was the reveal. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Well, well, yeah. I mean, re- really, we're going through this movie. Well, okay. Yeah, let's get to the reveal. You brought yeah, it up. So, so, basically, everyone on the train um, is involved somehow with uh, a previous murder that the, the Johnny Depp character um, uh, committed. Um, not then, not not involved in, but more like affected by. Uh, affected by, sorry, yes. Um, you know, one you know one was the sister, one is the mother, one's the nanny. Blah 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 blah. Um, and they basically were they all brought together? Is that what you got out of this? It was um, Michelle Pfeiffer plays the the grand. So we have a, a young like a toddler that right. gets ki- kidnapped. Uh, the daughter of a military colonel and, well, his wife, you know, um, her, the, the, the mother's mother is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. So grandmother of the baby who gets, who gets held for ransom and then murdered. Um, and the ransom kid, is paid. No, no, kid. Sorry. And the ransom is paid, but the, the child ransom is, is paid and the child's murdered anyway. anyway. Yeah. So he took the money and killed the kid. So this is, it's an unthinkable crime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Michelle Pfeiffer is the grandmother. She's the one who organized it by calling people that were fight- the governess, which was uh, Daisy Ridley's character. Right. Uh, the the night nurse played by Penelope Cruz, who very religious, uh, you know, but but also was on duty that night and got yeah. fell asleep and got surprised by Johnny Depp. Um, we have uh, Josh Gad, who is um, Johnny Depp's assistant. Johnny Depp's assistant, but he was also a fa- oh, his dad tr- uh, was the lawyer who put away the wrong person. They convicted. Right. Yep, they convicted a uh, another woman, um, who was I think was it the day the day nurse. 
I think so. Something there like was, that. Yeah. Yeah. And the day nurse, who's also the girlfriend of Willem Dafoe. So the day nurse killed herself when she was convicted because she didn't do it, but she was going to hang for it anyway. Right. Um, and then we have, uh, let's see, who do I have left? Oh, then we have uh, the Russians, the dancers, uh, the lady. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not getting the character names right. There's so there's so many. Yeah. Um, she was she turned to drugs basically. She couldn't sleep because her her sister, the mom, killed herself. After right after the murder. After, after the murder. Yep. Um, and I think also the dad did too. The colonel. Uh, I think so. Yeah, something like that. It was, yeah. it was it was hard to keep track sometimes because there was a lot of talking and I was very tired. Yeah, uh. yeah, yeah, and, and there, yeah. There's a lot going on, but everyone's related. I think the one of the, one of them. Um, oh, then there's the doctor. That's right. The doctor was a medic in the in the military and served with the colonel, the father yeah. of the ch of the the child, of uh, who was murdered. Right. So, so everyone has a either familiar uh, family connection, uh, some sort of some sort of relationship with the family. Yeah. And or directly, you know, knew the child, right? So they all conspire to murder Johnny Depp. Right. And they were going to, and they, the plan was to get Perot on this train so that he would um, theorize a lone killer theory. That's right. And then, yeah, blame somebody as, a, as an out and that would be it. Oh, also the conductor. Yes. He was, uh, I can't remember his relation. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get to take notes in the theater. So, but he was also. And so, part of the arrangement was she, she contacts the conductor to make sure that he can make all the arrangements so everyone gets on the train at the same time. There's no one else, but all the people involved. Right. And Johnny Depp, and Poirot. Yeah. Which we see early in the movie because Poirot is not expecting to take that train. Uh, yeah, but, but then the conductor away. does get him on. Yeah. Yeah. He he says he's supposed to be on his way for, to another case. No, he's going on vacation. Oh, right, on vacation, right. Sorry, and the, yes, and he's buddies with the conductor. Yeah. Because, of course, being so world-renowned, he's been on every train, I guess. But <laughs> this is kind of before planes, right? So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is back in the 20s and 30s or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, so, in the end, it, it's revealed that they all stab him once, which which is why he has 12 stab marks, mm -hmm. all going in different and, directions. That's right. It looks like a crime of passion. Right. Because it's all wild and crazy. Right. And uh, Perot, does, he says at the end, he says all this could go one of two ways. One, there's a crazy guy who jumped on the train because the train has been derailed due to an avalanche, um, allowing yeah. allowing for this to happen. Uh, so a crazy guy jumped on the train and killed him and ran off. Or all of you did it, but I'm inclined to go with the first one. Basically, it's the sense that he's always looking for justice, and in killing this one bad man, um, this is truly how justice is served. Despite yeah, who, the other that the other twelve are actual murderers, justice is served. This is sort of the the gray area of justice. It's uh, like a vigilante thing, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like like the Punisher was based on this type of stuff, right? Yeah. The, the actual murderer gets away, the wrong person's convicted, and vengeance is sought outside of the court system. Exactly. It's a very Batman-esque type thing, it, I think. Well, Batman wouldn't kill. That's, that's why well, I, I know, but Punisher. He, but he destroys property and, and, and oh, yeah, people yeah, up yeah. and, you know, vigilanteism. But... Yeah, absolutely. 
But no, no, you're right. Like it's it's just vigilante justice, really. But these with twelve uh, conspirators. Is it twelve? Right. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. Yeah, but the way they reveal it, you're right. They're all sitting there like it's the Last Supper. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Why did they get off the train? Yeah, I I, uh... I, 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 my only guess was that is they didn't want to make the movie too claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. By keeping it on the train, because they go outside, he's walking on top of the train when he's going over some things, and he goes outside, and the camera pans outside to see the crew coming to help them out. So, yeah, they, I think he, that's he why it was tea. done. But he has tea with Daisy Ridley outside. Yeah, yeah, but to have them all sitting at the table um, and do the big reveal at the end, unnecessary, well, also, but okay, well, it's, well, it's not, artistic, whatever. Actually, sure. Not, well, not entirely true because I think they needed they wanted them off the train while they were getting it back on track. That's the reason for it, yeah. Yeah, artistically, then yeah, they line them all up like it's the Last Supper facing the train. Yeah. So Poirot can say "j'accuse" to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I like. I don't think the in, in the actual book that the train gets derailed. Um, it just stops. No, no, I, I think it's it's on it's on a long journey, right? It's going from like uh, oh, so so is the murder solved before it reaches the destination? Is and that's that the, the thing, yeah. Like the, the the murder has to be solved before they reach London or whatever it is. Or that would make sense whatever. because everyone would go their separate ways. You wouldn't have all the suspects in one spot, right? Uh, right. After the train stops, right? Right, and you have and it's the Orient Express, so it's only it's one destination to another. So they have he has there's a ticking clock essentially. Yeah, they go, um, they're going from Istanbul to France, I think, is what my yeah, sister said. Yeah, I think Paris, yeah. Yeah, Istanbul to Paris. Yeah. Which is um, interesting, because he starts at the Wailing Wall, and then he <laughs> and then he, yeah. and he has to take a boat to... And that was kind of interesting. He met a couple of characters beforehand. You do meet a couple of characters along the way. Um, I didn't get that the, the Count and the Countess, because they were... I, I guess they're up at night, or something like that, but they're segregated for most of the most of the movie like you see them they, yeah. they, they see them in the bar at the beginning um and the countess comes up and and stops the fight and then oh yeah he he dance fights a guy like <laughs> like van yeah. damme ballet kicks a guy yeah <laughs> uh, maybe that's where he goes, aha i have an idea for martial art <laughs> yeah so they like uh, Van Damme inspired by murder on the Orient Express. Sorry, That's and then like the only other times you see them is when uh, Perot is uh, interviewing them. Yeah, and then at the end when the big reveal's coming out. So um, they're kind of minor. So I kind of it took me a minute to oh that's that guy okay all right and that's his yeah one. okay all right fine that's fine yeah I had to catch up with them because you're right they're they're segregated because she's got health problems she can't sleep and. Yeah, well, she's but on she, drugs, essentially. But she provides the sleeping drugs that knock Johnny Depp out for yeah. them to take their, their shot, right? So, yeah. And it's a well-executed plan. Like, they they leave false evidence. They leave clues to kind of point at each other. Yeah. So that way it's not all pointing at one person. And Michelle Pfeiffer even has, oh, I saw, there was a man that ran through my room because he that's how he got out. He was... You know, I'm in the adjoining room and whatever. So, yeah. like, everything was... They set the table nicely. It actually was very confusing going in. Yeah. This is one uh, you, you kind of just have to sit back and watch. You can't... I don't think you... If you've never seen the story, we've ruined it for you. But, I mean, this is one of the stories where you just have to watch it. You can't go in and try to figure it out. Well, and to be honest, I, I did the nudge again to my sister before the reveal, but it really was at that Last Supper table. That's what gave it away to me. Yeah. Visually, I was like, oh, my God, they're all there. I'm like, 
bang, I, I hit her in the elbow and said, they all did it. Yeah. And she smiled. She knew. She knew, obviously. She knew. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah. She'd seen it before, read it before. So she, she knew. And, but actually, it was funny because she was taking notes because she was very interested. In, she's getting interested in what we do. But, oh, okay. Um, I have to have her on sometime then. Uh, I'm working on that. I don't okay. know. Uh, yeah. This, this might have been the movie that, to do that, but she's a little shy about that. So that's why at this point, I'm like, okay, any written notes that you have? Okay. Or anything that you want to say, I'll say it for you. But yeah, anyway, the, uh, but yeah, she knew, but she was interested to see how this... So she was actually interested in how the sausage was made, so to speak, right? How this production okay. would pan out, knowing the ending. So she actually got kind of... Um, she had more of a film study vibe going on than I did, because I'm just trying to figure this mystery out. Right. She's she's looking, oh, that's a nice shot of these mountains. That's a, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and all that stuff. We even talked about, and um, afterwards... Uh, if, sorry, if I could tangent here for a second... Um. Speaking of the, of the production, she we talked about how actually at the beginning when they're loading the train, you have Poirot gets a shot of a panning shot where they follow the camera follows him down the train. Uh, we're on the outside, so we're seeing him through each window as it goes. Yes, and he's giving instructions to the conductor. Blah blah blah. Here's how I like my eggs. Don't. Uh, you know, don't, don't don't give me crooked eggs or whatever the hell he's he's saying, right? Then, and I didn't really realize that, like put it together till afterwards. I didn't realize like Johnny Depp's character, how much importance he was given because he gets one of those. And what we have is all of our other actors actually stepping back to play pretty much extras on the train. So okay. They walk, yeah, so like both Poirot and Johnny Depp walk by, like, say, Daisy Ridley's cabin. She's just standing there. She doesn't get a line. They just walk by her. Um, you know, they have the, the, the what's her name, taking care of Judy Dench. Uh, she's standing in one, uh, you know, in one doorway and whatever, right? So they they actually both get, Poirot and the, the victim get these, these shots. No one else does. Okay. So it was interesting to kind of go back in my mind and see that and say, oh, okay, so that's how I should have known that that Depp was either either the, the victim or the murderer because he's getting more importance. Right. In far as far as his introduction goes than the others, he gets the same type of shot as Kenneth Branagh gave himself. So I'm like, ah, okay. And then I, and then you find out why he's going to be leaving this movie for a bit. <laughs> yeah. I was actually and, really and surprised. And we'll see him cause... again in flashbacks. I, I'm not a big Johnny Depp fan, and he does actually pretty well in this movie. He's actually kind of reserved, and he plays the uh, the role well. Yeah, but, uh, was it Boston scumbag mob type? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, what phony art dealer? I guess is his big scam. Yeah, he's an art dealer, and he sells fakes at high prices. So yeah, yeah. So he's got a lot of enemies, which actually makes him kind of a really interesting victim for. Um. For a murder mystery like this, right? Because it's not just one person that has a grudge. It would be like lots of people. You never know who's like the hired goon, right? Yeah. They're supposed to kill him. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> when he starts talking that German accent, I'm like, okay, he's not really a German. Like, was all of Germany out of actors here? Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, um, <clears throat> he, he, do, he could not do... Uh, accents. I wouldn't have him do an accent ever. <laughs> yeah, and when and then when he drops it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's like, like yeah, like that totally makes sense. Like he's just fake being a German for 
whatever reason, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of weird that he that he's faking. Like he's the only one playing a different, like his character is playing a different character on purpose. Everyone else is just themselves. Like the doctor's really playing. Well, I'm a doctor, and yeah. So the doctor's not trying to hide as like, oh, I'm an actor or a a, a baker. You know what I mean? Like he's no, no, I'm an actual doctor. So everyone does that. It's kind of off-putting and offsetting that Willem Dafoe is pretending to be this professor when he's not. And I think didn't he serve in the military as well with the colonel? The doctor? Yes. No, no, uh, Defoe. Oh, jeez, I don't remember. Or he? Oh no, he was a cop. That's right. He was the cop, and and he uh, basically got the wrong person arrested. That's it. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Something like so, that. So yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's. Uh, I think. Do you think that's a red herring that they were trying to put in the story? I think there's a lot of red herrings in the story, and that's well, sure. But I think that that's one of them, though, right? Like that. That seems like it would be one because you have. Okay, why is this guy faking being this German professor, throwing on a bad accent? Well, he must be the killer. Um, maybe I didn't see it as that though. I knew there was something going on with him. But yeah. I never really suspected him as the killer. Mm, okay. Um, that's just me, though. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, it seems like it was kind of put on purpose. Because he's the only one doing it, right? Though, so it, yeah. I think that's supposed to lead you to believe. He's, he's, uh, he's lying to everyone. So ergo, he has uh, another agenda. Ergo, he could be the murderer, I guess, is the... Maybe, yeah. No, well, yeah, that would make but, sense, yeah. But then again, like you said, this whole movie, basically, they're just throwing red herrings at you, so much to the point that, yeah, you can't really, like, it's, you're, I'm trying to solve this mystery, along with Poirot, with the evidence he's given. Yeah. And I can't do it. I'm not, I can't single out one person. Right? No. And that, but that's one thing I do like about it, is that you, you do get to know the characters more during the interview process. I think that's what we missed in the beginning. We get, then everyone gets to have their moment where they sit down with him and yeah. we get to know that character a bit more. And, and then slowly that, what, you know, that all comes out. Yeah. But, and, and that's, and that's very Agatha Christie. That's, that's very much her style. Um, okay. It's just in a, in a movie, you tend to introduce characters more. Well, I, I should say earlier, mm-hmm. um, just to sort of get people interested. And it was very much on, Perot, this is like it, it's Perot's movie to, um, to lead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, and he does well because he because yeah. he's actually very funny. Um, there's, a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of uh, like I love the fact that he's laughing at Dickens. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. Dickens, if you never read Dickens, is very dry. <laughs> Very, very dry, and there is humor, but it's dry British humor. I mean, like dry, but like you need a glass of water. Reading Dickens, um, <laughs> like like British people would be like, "Wow, that's dry." Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, so so to to see him teeheeing and laughing out loud while reading Dickens. I mean, that's that's a joke. Yeah, you know. So, um, what 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 do you make of well? Let's go with this. So, what did your sister have to say about about everything? Okay, so um, I didn't get all of her notes. She said she wanted to go through them, but she hasn't uh, she hasn't sent me anything else. 
unfortunately. But uh, that being said, she did say a few things. She she actually wasn't crazy uh, about the portrayal of Poirot. I've heard uh, that. Yeah. So she recommends uh, the BBC did a version, um, and it's uh, apparently available on Netflix now. I just checked, and it's not available on Canadian Netflix, so it's down for now. But there's the Poirot mysteries, and so the BBC's done like a um, basically a whole series of Agatha Christie novels right. that they brought to the screen, and the portrayal it, it isn't as hammy. Right. Like he's got his quirks and whatnot, but he's not yucking it up to Dickens and uh, things like that. So it's a bit more straight, and and which apparently is a bit more true to Poirot's character. True. It's you know like when like uh, I I do like the the um, uh, the Sherlock with um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. He gets the odd one-liner, but really you have uh, Martin Freeman as the kind of the pseudo comic side, side, you know, side character. Right. And, and actually that's funny. You bring that up because watching this movie, I didn't know it was, it was, uh, Kenneth Branagh playing Perot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Mark, Martin Freeman for a while. I could see that. And he, I think he would have done, he could have done just as good a job. Oh, I, I agree. I think Martin Freeman, Martin Freeman would have done a great job in, in this role. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely, and and in fact, actually, when you see him, he could he could have been Sherlock too, but Cumberbatch just has that look about him that. Yeah, that that's why they pick him, right? And then, but uh, you're right, actually, with especially once they get him underneath that big mustache and yeah. all of the, and that is a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing she said. She goes that like the Poirot character because he's so um, detail oriented. Uh, he's portrayed more with a like he has a like a pencil thin, very very tailored and very well kept mustache. Okay. Actually, she said because uh, I brought it up, I said, well, kind of like Josh Gad's. We know how that was like pencil thin. Yeah, yeah. Almost the reverse Hitler. Right. Uh, but very very manicured, right? She goes, yes, because he, again, he's very peculiar, very particular about everything his facial hair would have been the same. So she goes, I couldn't stop staring at that damn thing on his face every time it was on screen. <laughs> and she says, it's just the, the, she goes, overall, she liked it. That's not, she's not saying yeah, she's yeah. hating yeah, it, yeah. but if she, but she's, she has the benefit of having read the books and then also seen other productions of it. So she actually said, she recommends this Poirot mysteries is what it, the heading it comes under. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find it, watch it, that one, uh, Either well, I guess after you've seen this one, if you've already seen it. But um, the other thing too was uh, she did agree with me that the the leaps in logic, because it's a movie, you kind of have to get things rolling. Right. So you know he he what was it? He meets the uh, the, the Russian dancers, and oh, and he automatically deduces a she's Jewish, and then b well she must be Goldstein really. Yeah, just because she's just because she's Jewish, she has to have the last name Goldstein. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's that is a little much. Uh, unfortunately, that's also Agatha Christie. But she I, she doesn't deny it, so I guess she no. It's actually Firestein or whatever or, or Goldenberg you know, or thing. Goldenberg or something, right? Whatever. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, that is true, but that's also Agatha Christie. So I don't, I don't think you could put that on the movie itself. Um, oh, okay. Well, again, this is my only portrayal, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And I know uh, I've heard people say, uh, watching the reviews after I saw this movie, um, a lot of people said the seventy, the 1972 version is better than this one. Okay. Um, and like a remake wasn't necessarily necessary. Okay. Um, like that one's good enough to stand on its own, kind of like Back to the Future. You don't need a remake of Back to the Future right now. Right? Uh, that's true. Or, or ever. I mean? My yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's, you know, it's Hollywood and that's, they make, they make remakes specifically just to make money. So, um, yeah, I, that's the thing. I can't really, f- like, it, it's a good production of it. Like I actually, I was happy going, coming out of it. Like, wow, that was a cool murder mystery. And I never, until the reveal, I never really considered the idea that it was a group effort. Yeah. Yeah, just so that, just for me, it's kind of a cop out. I kind of like seeing one person um, found out in a murder right. mystery, um, but I guess you know that's a different way to do it. the The one thing that I took me out of the movie was the uh, CGI train. Oh, <laughs> did you notice that? Uh, when going through the mountains. Yeah, when like well, when you see tra- uh, outside shots of the train, mm-hmm. it's all CGI. Like the train yeah. is CGI, and I'm like, oh, uh, they could they couldn't afford uh, a real train re- recreation. Yeah, like you couldn't. I mean, okay, it's cheaper, granted, but I mean, it's going just like a little bit too fast. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's going yeah. CGI fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't look like a train traveling at high speeds. I know trains can go very high speeds, but. It it looks like it was going a little bit too fast to be real. Uh, it didn't look one hundred percent real. Um, the big avalanche scene really threw me off. It looked like all these human characters were taking place inside of a cartoon train. Well, the inside shots were okay. Yeah. The, oh, the inside shots were fine because that was all you know sets. It was and a stuff. stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the outside. So when like you come in from the outside and you see uh, the movie come in from the uh, show an outside shot. And then cut to the inside. It's like, oh, these human characters are inside a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it, it, it's kind of like watching Polar Express, you know, on the outside shots. Yeah. And then cut to real life actors on the inside. Cut. So it was kind of jarring that way. No, you're you're right. Actually, uh, um, I never, I hadn't really, it didn't catch me that much, to be honest. Okay. I think they did enough setup shots when they did actually have what I believe was a real train. When oh, they're sure. Loading when they're yeah. loading up, right? They're getting off and on. Uh, you get that long tracking shot. I kind of bought it. Yeah. And to be honest, I wasn't really looking at the train so much as these the 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 long far away shots. I was looking more the around the train. Yeah. Because it was some cool mountain. It was. Uh, oh, my sister looked up where it was. Uh, where it was it in the filmed. Alps? I think wasn't it? Uh, no, apparently it wasn't. Um, I'll I'll look it up in just a second. I want to go back to this 1974 production. Uh, what a cast here. Okay. Uh, Albert Finney as Hercule. Uh, Lauren Bacall. Uh, I'm just gonna read a few like ca- like highlights. Uh, Sean Connery. As who? A Colonel uh, Ar- Arbuthnot. I think he's the 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 dad. He's the. Oh, he's the doctor. No, no, the colonel. Yeah, yeah. It's his, it's his daughter that gets killed, right? Oh, do they do like a flashback? I believe so. Yeah. Well, because. Dr. Arbuthnot is uh, Leslie O'Dorn Jr. is the black guy in this movie. Oh, okay. He's listed as colonel. Yeah, well, he was a colonel in the war, and then he became a doctor. A doctor. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Then, yes. Then that's the same character. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Sean Connery. Um, Anthony Perkins, Vanessa Redgrave, uh, Michael York. Oh, wow. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a talk about your star-studded nineteen seventy-four cast. That's some big names there. Ingrid Bergman. That had to be the the Judy Dame role as Greta. Yeah, that had to be. Yeah, yeah. Ingrid Bergman, Jesus. She was born in nineteen fifteen. So yeah, nineteen seventy-four. Yeah. <laughs> she was in her eighties. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. but still, you know, uh, Jacqueline Bisset. Uh... Oh no. Oh yeah, yeah. Jacqueline Bisset and Michael York play the 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 count and countess. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's the that would be one too. But I believe it's filmed in black and white. Probably. So, so at least, uh, yeah. The one thing you get then is you're getting now a color adaptation, if nothing else. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, well, I'm here. So, so far, we're filming this on the Monday after release. Or filming this. <laughs> we're recording this. <laughs> uh, so far, the total, it's made $85 million worldwide. Yeah. Uh, and most of that's overseas. Most of yeah, it's, yeah. It's made 28 domestic. Now, you said, uh, when we talked yesterday, because I went to, <laughs> we were going to record this yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. I had gone to the 2 o'clock showing. Yeah. Um, and found out it was sold out. And I was like, really? Sold out? Really? Because this is not getting great reviews. It's not doing, you know, too, too badly, but it's not getting mm. great reviews. Um, I'll pull up Rotten Tomatoes here in a second. But um, I was like, but there's a Marvel movie out. And <laughs> Justice League is next week. What? Yeah. Why? Why? Okay. So uh, we weren't able to record yesterday. And you said that it, your... Your screening, like you were bringing down the average age, I was. Yeah, and and that's the thing. These and this would be uh, a demographic that, generally speaking, uh, and I, I'm painting with a very huge brush here. Uh, a would be interested in an Agatha Christie novel turned, you know, because they they would be the Na Agatha Christie generation. Probably a lot of people read it and would be interested in a uh, an adaptation. Uh, B was the afternoon, so it was like one forty in the afternoon. So you have you know retirees and um, right, yeah. So uh, and which I'm looking forward to being able to go to matinee anytime I want. When, you know, once I retire. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, but, we'll be banging out film studies. By, oh, by you bet, man. Yeah, yeah. Twenty <laughs> in twenty years, man, we'll have everything. Was, movies I don't even want to see. I'll just be bored. Um, but also, uh, probably a large portion that probably doesn't go to Rotten Tomatoes first before going to see a movie. Probably not, no. You know, and just like, hey, it's an Agatha Christie. I read that novel back in school or whatever, and let's yeah. just go. So mine was very well attended. How Now, you went to a late show last night because of the early show was sold out. Yeah, the only the only other one I could go is the 1035, um, and it, was, it wasn't was sold out. Um, I was barely half full. It's Sunday night, mid, you know, late show. You know, well, there figure. you go, right? So, so but uh, I... I think I would have raised the average age slightly. Oh, interesting. So this one was very, uh, a lot of couples. Um, this was, uh, yeah, this was a, a younger crowd. And Oh, you know why, I think? Uh, Sunday Night Late Show, that's why. <laughs> well, two, two reasons. That's that's one, but it also ties into, in Canada, the today that they were filming, it's actually a government holiday. Yeah, it, I learned uh, that out today. Remembrance Day was on the Saturday, so a lot of people that would that would normally get that as a holiday are are off today. 
Yeah. So I saw it with a bunch of bank people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't understand. The banks were closed Saturday and Sunday and Monday in, in, uh, in observance of Remembrance Day. I'm like, wow, you guys are just taking the whole fucking weekend, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't think you need three days for a holiday that's not even a stat, but whatever. I know, um, I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, um, final thoughts and ratings, Mark? Um, well, there's only, I mean, again, a satisfying story, uh, interesting, like the acting was great, I think I found the characters, once we got to know them, interesting. Um, I, I do agree that it wasn't, that, you know, because it was a movie, we didn't get a chance to know the characters as well as, as we could have, you know? So I think that was um, a, a really valid point there. Uh, the one big mystery that they didn't solve was how you get eight dudes to lift a chi- an entire locomotive uh, a train back onto tracks. <laughs> I mean, I no longer look at the, the saying, the strength of ten men the same way. Yeah, because I'm I'm yeah. looking at like eight to ten dudes, and they got to lift this giant train up, and <laughs> how they did it, I don't know, <laughs> but somehow they did solve that mystery, Poirot. Yeah, um, but other than that, no, it's uh, like a solid, solid movie. Um, uh, yeah, I'd I'd still recommend it. I mean, unless you can get a hold of these these some of better apparently these better versions, I kind of want to see the Sean Connery version now. Okay. Oh, listen to me. He was murdered, I tell you. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but uh, other than that, like, I'm giving it a, a, just a solid seven and a half um, stab wounds out of ten. Yeah, uh, I'm right along with you. It, it's it's entertaining. Um, don't go in tired. I can tell no, you that. No, yep. No, perk up. Get a coffee. <laughs> get a coffee, because you're going to need it. And a notepad. Um, and it helps to have a notepad. Is an Agatha Christie one. Did you notice too that they uh, they set up the sequel? Oh, with the, the the your country needs you again kind of deal. Yeah. So there's uh, a, a novel called Death on the Nile, and at the end of this movie, he gets uh, a telegram asking him to come to Egypt. Oh yes, yeah. Okay. Um, so they're obviously setting up some kind of uh, sequel to this. Um, well, I saw on IMDb that uh, that Kenneth Branagh. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, yeah. Uh, related, Kenneth Branagh does want to do another Agatha Christie. I'm looking forward to Ten Little Indians, but you can't, yeah. but you can't call it that nowadays. So, no. In fact, actually, he set up Death on the Nile for uh, for that reason. Yeah, I, like I think he, I think Ten Little yeah. Indians is one of the is, is one of the classics. Yeah, um, but apparently he set up Death on the Nile because that's the next one he wants to do. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I'm right along with you. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, seven and a half uh, avalanches out of ten. And it's it, it's worth watching. Um, Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't think it's one that you'd repeatedly watch. Maybe. Um, I don't, I don't but, know. I might, I might give it one more pass than Maybe knowing. one more. Yeah. Now, now that I know the ending, I kind of want to see what my sister saw. Yeah. Kind of. Like, yeah. This would be like in a year from now. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah, but that's okay. it. I'm not going back. Like we just saw Thor Ragnarok. I'll probably revisit that several times. Yeah, because of the all the fun, bright colors and explosions. But this one, yeah, I now I know the end of the story. I want to go back and see if I can pick up on. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh man, I just looked at it. Murder on the Orient Express was beat out by Daddy's Home Two. 
And, and, and Thor Ragnarok, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, comes in number three. That sucks. Domestically, that's domestic. Now, I mean, not, not by a huge margin, but not by a huge margin, but a couple still a million. But you know, I guess that's big. But <laughs> still, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so next week we have the long anticipated Justice League. Mm-hmm. Have you avoided uh, trailers for this one? As best I can, but I mean, there's they're popping up more and more. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shoot, I walked into a store, grabbed a bag of milk, and there was a, a trailer of Justice League behind it. You know what I mean? It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Any, There's a home, uh, homeless guy out in the street acting out the trailer he saw. You know? <laughs> Any predictions? Uh, well, Super, Superman comes back. That's the yeah, yeah. I mean, and the, and again, there's the internet. Like, what a you know, you could you could call it based on the ending of Batman versus Superman because I the did. ground shake and everything. <laughs> they they basically told you that, but at the same time. Why are you talking about like Henry Cavill having to go in and get his mustache CGI'd on reshoots because he's doing some other? Did you see that one? It no. wasn't even a trailer. It was just some news article making fun of him because he was in his Superman gear, but he had this mustache that because he's been working on another movie, so he gets called from that set back to do reshoots for Justice League, okay, and then is going right back to work on the other thing, right? So busy guy. Don't worry about Henry Cavill. He's getting work, but. Uh, the, you know, having a CGI off this mustache that he has. Well, okay. Well, thanks for letting us know that he's in this movie, which which should be a big reveal. We which talked about be. this. We talked about this last week with Thor, how yeah. Hulk could have been such a big reveal. But anyway, um, I, I'm I'm I think the reshoots are actually going to be do this movie some favors. Um, okay. after they saw what Wonder Woman did, I think I'm, I'm actually I'm trying not to set the bar too high, but I I'm thinking I'm going to come out liking this better than BBS. You? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know a lot of people hate on B, uh, BVS, and I actually like BVS, so uh, I have I have no issues with it. Um, well, I shouldn't say no issues, but <laughs> I don't have as many issues as people had with it. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where this goes because I mm-hmm. think for me right now, with Infinity War coming up, Marvel I think is ready to. They're not winding down, but they're getting ready for their big payoff. Yeah. Um and I'm and I really don't know where you go after Infinity War. So I'm really I'm really considering Infinity War right now as the sort of the end to the Marvel cinematic universe experiment. Well, right? yeah, and it certainly brings together this one story that they yeah, exactly. kind of, that they've been plotting through other stories. We've had one overarching story. So it's going to bring a close to that arc. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So and then where they go from there, we'll see as it comes out. This is sort of the beginning of the of the DCEU. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this sort of plays off. Is it going to be dark like Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman? Or is it going to be more in the light like Wonder Woman? Um, and I think if they're smart, they're, <laughs> they're going to go the latter uh, and yeah. go the Wonder Woman way because that's the more well-received of the movies. Yes. Uh, but I mean, how do you do that? The, the trailers are, look pretty dark, from what I can tell. Yeah, um, the, one of the big things that's going to stand out is the cast that we don't know yet: Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg. Mm-hmm. How they come into this uh, movie and play off of the already existing characters that we've spent time with. Um, yeah, and I think that's how we're going to get to know them. Because yeah, we, we've spent time with Batman. We've spent more time with Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I think it's important to have. I I, I think what this movie will be ma- uh, made or broken on is the villain, 
Mm. And I think it's going to require a solid villain with solid stakes in order to set this movie up and thus require Superman coming back. Um, yeah, and it could just be something like that where he might be out of the movie for most of it and then... Ah. Yeah, and I and I, and I totally expect that he'll come back in the third act. He'll Han Solo this thing. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not just the Justice League forming mm. because that we cuz the, there there needs to be a an enemy you know what i mean like there needs to be a villain that everyone needs to rally against the trailers don't give us that um at least not that i've seen they haven't yeah. named anybody yet um which makes me worry that there isn't one or it's going to be you know sort of a one off kind of weak villain i think the villain needs to be strong yeah um, and I think they'd be smart, actually, to have the, the battle with the villain, the villain not be defeated. You know what I mean? Like, if it's Darkseid, maybe this is the first attack of Darkseid. And Darkseid gets away or something like that. Because that's something that Marvel's never done. Well, actually, you're not too far off. Uh, at the end of uh, Batman vs. Superman, um, their stinger is a guy by the name of Steppenwolf. Yeah. And who is um, related to Darkseid. Yeah. Well, I know the symbol that they, we see halfway through in the dream sequence with Batman. Um, is That symbol is the Omega, which is Darkseid, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, so, I, I th so, uh, but I think the big villain is actually Steppenwolf in this one as a precursor to Darkseid. Okay. So well, then we they have not... to explain where he comes from and how he relates then. Well, that, that's the thing. If we get Steppenwolf's origin, we're going to get Than uh, Thanos's, sorry, <laughs> Darkseid's, uh, because they're from the same place. Okay. In fact, Steppenwolf is his uncle. Okay. And works for him. Yeah. I okay. Know. Well, we'll see. But uh, um, whether, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the movie gives us. Now, um, I want to make sure I don't come across as a DC hater. I don't think I have, but I mean... No, no. I want this movie to succeed. I want a good... Yeah, I'm not like, go Marvel, screw you DC. I'm like, no. If DC can start doing what Marvel's been doing, oh, we all win. We win. It's like, yay, more of this. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, they say you can't, you can have too much of a good thing. I'm like, well, if I want pizza and I can get another slice of pizza, I'm happy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm right now, I'm thinking of our end of the year awards and we have that uh, category of superhero movie, right? Mm -hmm. And right now, it's up for grabs for me. Um, like I say, Wonder Woman was was really good. Uh, Spider Man I enjoyed. Yeah. Thor was okay, uh, despite a, a couple of major problems I had with it. It's still entertaining. Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously for me, no. But um, it's I I I think that title is still out there for the taking, and oh. Justice League could do it. Oh, I don't know, because uh, Logan was this year. Oh, I forgot about Logan. So. To take yeah. the title for this year, you may have to beat Logan, which I think that's a tough a tough call, especially when you're doing an ensemble. Yeah, but Logan. But then again, uh, hey, I, I I'm not as big into uh, lo into Logan as everyone else was. I really liked it. Don't get me wrong, I yeah. very much enjoyed it. But I'm not as big into them. It, it deserves consideration, so, though. I'm yeah, it, oh, it, I, I totally it, forgot it about the Logan. Category, so. but <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. Um, but yeah, I, I want to be pleasantly surprised. That's that's what I'd, I'm not going to set the bar too too high. I and I, I will qualify uh, 
better than the BVS theatrical release because I did enjoy yes. the director's cut or the ultimate the director's cut. cut is the one to watch. Yeah, it is the one to watch because it really clarifies things uh, in a much better light. And I've never seen a director's cut do that much more for a movie, for a movie than I have for Batman vs Superman. So yeah, yeah. But if you can beat that, great. Thank you. Let's let's keep this upward momentum going that Wonder Woman started. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Suicide absolutely. Squad was a bit of a stumble, but Suicide Squad was okay. Um, I, I don't. I don't think it was as bad as everyone makes it out to be. To be honest. Yeah, but it's not as good as some people make it out to be. <laughs> it's not as good as no. It's it's, yeah. it's it's purely right in the middle. So. Yeah. Now I this could lead, and I'm I kind of hope so. Uh, although it would be kind of a short fight, but a Justice League versus Suicide Squad. That it, there's why. <laughs> I, I'm just saying I want to see Justice them do League it. is so overpowered. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Sorry, Batman versus Suicide Squad. Maybe Batman you know? <laughs> versus Suicide might be a fair fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, but I mean, of course, you, you know it'll happen though. They they do that, and then it'll just end up being like, oh, and then here's the common foe. We have to team up, and everyone will be high fiving. Yeah, and that's why they shouldn't do it. Yeah, but they tease it. Yeah, yeah bat, no, bat, like, Batman talking to um, Amanda Waller there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> my friends will. St- <laughs> no. My friends will stop Pass. your friends. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> next. Oh, but w- <laughs> well, okay. Next, actually, they're considering doing Flashpoint um, in the Fla- as the Flash movie. Well, let's let's get through Justice League first. Yeah. That's I think this you need to put everything on hold until you see what Justice League does. I think it's a bad uh, idea to have that be your first Flash movie. So I don't know Flashpoint, but it's a uh, time travel basically and you go back oh, and and change everything. No, no. That's no. and that's the problem. You don't want that as your intro movie. No, no, you don't no, don't like, change shit. Like it's it's kind of a back to the future but with superpowers, but it's not I mean, it's more Titanic, but the problem is if you don't have the character established like we get to know marty through his time travel adventures but that was done so right yeah i don't think we need this as your flash movie to start with no no uh, anyway. no 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 don't don't time travel it's marvel's bad enough in the fact that they're fucking going fucking cosmic like that's let's just settle down with everything mm-hmm. let's just tell a nice easy story make it easy and make it fun. Make it fun. Make it good, and then you're good to go. But I gotta tell you, the, the bar has been set with the Flash TV show, and I think the movie needs to be that good or better. Okay. Well, you don't. Want I'm to not be big worse on the Flash TV show, so no. But you don't want to be worse than that, then. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> just saying. Good point. Yep. Good point. All right. Well, that's gonna about do it for uh, Murder on the Orient Express slash, slash Justice, Justice League. League. <laughs> Murder on the Orient Express versus Justice League is that, that what? Is, <laughs> yeah. No, let's not go there. <laughs> I have assembled all you super beings because someone was murdered. You know. <laughs> I think all of you did it. Yeah. I'm willing except to for, let it go. Except for, for you, Superman. You were dead at the time, so Superman, you can go. Oh, he's gone. What the hell? Oh, so is the Flash. Shit. You know. <laughs> Why is this a puff of smoke? Batman is gone. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Wonder Woman. Hey, what? what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, Justice League next week. Uh, we'll get to that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Mark, thanks very much for coming out. Always a pleasure. And I'm Sean Taylor, guys. We'll see you on the next Film Studies coming soon.